Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the JACCP podcast. This is Stuart Haynes, the Senior Associate Editor for the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, as well as Professor and Director of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. And in this episode, I have the honor of interviewing Dr. Samuel Adeshan from the Fred Wilson School of Pharmacy at High Point University. Dr. Adeshan is an assistant professor in the Department of Clinical Pharmacy and wrote along with his collaborator, Zina Ahmed, a P4 student, a research report entitled The Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic on School-Level Scholarly Outcomes and Research Focus of Pharmacy Practice Faculty that first appeared online in July 2023. We are just now learning about the long-term impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on our lives. In addition to impacting physical health, the pandemic has brought significant social upheavals and mental health concerns. And although we have returned to work and school and resumed many of the activities of our daily lives, there remain many lasting impacts on the way we work, learn, and socialize with one another. And yet, institutional policies about scholarly expectations may not have kept pace with the realities that faculty, particularly pharmacy practice faculty, faced during the pandemic and beyond. So that's why this paper is so important and why I'm delighted Samuel agreed to participate in today's podcast. So Samuel, it's great to have you on the JACCP podcast. Thank you, Dr. Ains, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this work. So before we talk about the details of your paper and your findings, I'm, I'm curious about what prompted this investigation. Was there something specifically, perhaps a conversation or something you read that got you thinking about this topic? Actually, it's, it's none of those. Uh, the idea of the paper uh, came uh, because I had a, a different background. I came into pharmacy uh, academia just recently. So it was like a culture shock for me in terms of how people publish um, number of authors on papers, impact factors, and things like that. So I wanted to study something like that. And when I was even interested, started studying the aid, I didn't really know that, oh, this area of study has a name, which is uh, bibliometrics, actually. So while reading several bibliometric studies, I noticed that most bibliometric studies are just simply descriptive. But given my background, I wanted to do something like experiments. So I wanted to compare things, determine the effects of things and the likes. So when the pandemic happened, and I heard about several schools shut down or go remote and all the associated disruptions, I thought to myself, well, this is a kind of natural experiment that I can study. So the pandemic was an intervention that, I mean, no researcher could have um, put in effect. So instead of studying bibliometrics just for bibliometrics sake, um, I thought studying the effect of the pandemic on one of the three expectations of uh, pharmacy practice faculty which is research and scholarship. 
I thought that would be interesting. And that would be an analytic study rather than the usual descriptive uh, bibliometric studies that, that are out there. So that's the reason why I decided on doing this study. So Samuel, in your paper, you compared the scholarly outcomes of the pharmacy practice faculty at 55 schools before mm -hmm. and during the pandemic. Now these schools were selected because they had a track record of being highly productive schools or colleges of pharmacy. And you had data from more than 1300 faculty members. Yes. You used uh, two outcome measures in your study something you call the scholarly activity ratio, which is a measure of the proportion of faculty who published, and the scholarly output, which is the number of papers published. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk us through some of the key findings from your study? Were there any surprises? Yes, there were some surprises. But, but first of all, I would like uh, our listeners to take a look at the paper as we employed uh, some interesting methods, uh, some of which I actually got some pushback from the reviewers that, uh, and for good reason that uh, readers may not be very familiar with some of the statistical methods. But uh, putting that aside, the, the key findings of the paper are that the proportion of people who published within each school remained the same before the pandemic and uh, during the pandemic and the before and during the pandemic period we determined to be 2020 and 2021 is the pandemic period and the two years before that is the uh, pre-pandemic period so the proportion of people who published across those schools did not change between uh, during the pandemic and before the pandemic and that also, when we stratify based on regions in the U.S., that is the Midwest, the Northeast, South, and West, there was no change still. Uh, however, uh, we saw an overall increase in the number of documents or articles that people published during the pandemic compared to before the pandemic. But unlike the first results with the proportion or the percentage of people who published, we saw that there was an increase during the pandemic compared to before the pandemic. And more interestingly, we found that this increase is actually based on, or it depended on the Midwest region mostly, and not the other regions of the US. So, and the other thing is that this outcome measure is a little complicated because the way we counted the articles that are published were that we counted an article only once, even if maybe four authors in a school contributed to it. But if another author from another school contributed to that paper, that paper will also be counted for that school. So it's, it's a little bit complicated, but overall we saw an increase. And the last uh, thing about the result is that we saw that research focus changed. Some areas there was an increase and some areas there was uh, a decrease. We expected that, I mean, COVID-19 COVID was a new thing. So there was obviously an increase from zero, a big increase actually. 
but some others we saw a decrease. And then some of the surprising things like you asked are the, the fact that we didn't see a lot of clinical studies that are related to COVID. Apart from diabetes, some other um, comorbidities that we could recognize that has association with COVID were not really studied in association with COVID. So things like obesity and hypertension weren't studied in a uh, big way along with COVID. So on the other hand, what we saw that people studied mostly in relation to COVID was about education. So pharmacy education, which obviously is expected because the, uh, the pandemic disrupted uh, pharmacy education in general. So Samuel, I, I think some of the findings from your study are actually counterintuitive. It, it seems the scholarly output actually increased during the yes, pandemic. Indeed. Yes. But, but the increase was not as much as had been reported in some other fields during the same time frame. Uh, of course, the nature of those papers and the concepts addressed in those papers were significantly different than the pre-pandemic period. So what's your hypothesis? Why did scholarly output increase? Why didn't it increase as much as um, among pharmacy practice faculty as other uh, you know, other disciplines, and, and why were some types of scholarly work so negatively impacted? For example, papers about anticoagulation therapy and medication therapy management really dropped off during the mm -hmm. pandemic. Yes, so the, the explanation is complicated. Again, like I was saying earlier that, oh, I like the experiment, and this is a natural experiment, but natural experiments are usually not very clean. So many things could explain what we saw. But for one, the pandemic itself. So the pandemic, we expected intuitively that, oh, it affected how people published or how much people were able to publish. So expecting that there will be a decrease there because we changed the way we delivered lectures. We had to learn all those things. So scholarly activities could have been put at the back burner. So pandemic may have reduced uh, scholarly output for that reason. But on the other hand, it's possible that it, it increased scholarly output in one way or the other. Because for example, myself, I wasn't going to study the pandemic if the pandemic did not happen. And so it's every other researcher out there who weren't thinking about that. So it was a new phenomenon to study. And because it's uh, somewhat time sensitive, many people jumped on it. So that is one. The pandemic may have a positive effect, may have a negative effect by itself. The other thing is the workforce disruptions. So during the pandemic, we all know one or two people who left and new people came in. So our study included faculty that were current faculty as at 2021. So you can imagine that most of, well, maybe not most, but some of those were just hired that 2021 or maybe in 2020. And they will not have had any publications before the pandemic, right? So any publication they have will look like an increase. So that is one. And then lastly, um, the, the trend 
from about 10 years ago is that every year or every two years, there is an increase in the number of publications that are coming out from pharmacy practice or in most disciplines in general. So where we saw the effect is actually here. We saw an increase, but the increase did not uh, reach up to the level that we expect based on the trend. So obviously, the overall effect of the pandemic happened to be negative. And I've mentioned just three things now. It's possible that there are some other explanations for this. In conclusion of our results is that there is an increase, but the increase is not as high as what is expected because we have data about the trends and we expected that or oh, this much should have, should have been published in 2020, 2021. But even though we have, we had an increase over 2018, 2019, it wasn't up to what we would have expected. One last question before we wrap up today, Samuel. In, in your conclusions, you suggest that faculty work was disrupted in significant ways, and I think we all know that, and that these disruptions need to be taken into consideration when making tenure and promotion decisions. Yes. Uh, this publication looked at the scholarly activity ratio and scholarly output during the pandemic, but perhaps the true impact of the pandemic on scholarship produced by pharmacy practice faculty has not yet been seen. Given the considerable lag time between when scholarly projects are conceptualized, funded, and conducted, and when they are actually presented and published, mm -hmm. it seems likely that we may be facing a very significant depletion in the coming years. First, do you have any recommendations as to how colleges and schools of pharmacy should make adjustments in their evaluation benchmarks? And, and second, do you have any plans to perform a follow-up analysis? As I discussed in the paper, I think it will make sense for schools to make some changes or some revisions on their expectations for scholarship and, and publications and research for faculty that may have been affected. And this actually makes sense because like I also mentioned in the paper, um, the NIH actually made some changes, maybe give, um, researchers more time to publish what they've worked on or even to work on what they were supposed to work on. So as for whether there will be a drop in, in scholarly output over the next few years, that makes sense to be expected because, like you said, there is always a delay in when research is done and when it comes out. But on the other hand, I am not sure that um, the loss will last for a long time. The reason is, again, because of the experiment we are talking about here. Many things have changed since the pandemic, the peak of the pandemic. For example, I believe many schools have adjusted to the changes that they had to make, to make during the pandemic and all that. And one other big thing that has happened since then is the advent of generative AI uh, since about 2022, like a year ago. So putting all that together may actually 
nullify the long-term effect, the long-term negative effect of, of the pandemic. And then about our plans for follow-up uh, studies, we actually have one going on that we are analyzing currently. So the previous study or the study that we're talking about here has to do with a school, a school level analysis. So it's about the schools, but now we want to focus on individual faculty. So we will try to look at these uh, important outcome measures based on gender and based on uh, academic rank. So that if institutions want to make, uh, maybe not a blanket policy change, maybe a more targeted policy change, we will, our study will provide evidence to uh, show that the people that are most affected, maybe it's the female assistant professor or the male associate professor or things like that. So that will be some evidence to, uh, to base policy changes on, and we hope that that will be out very soon. Excellent. Well, Samuel, thank you for joining me today. For the, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. For the JACCP podcast, I, I sincerely hope all of our listeners will read your paper, which is entitled The Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic on School-Level Scholarly Outcomes and, and Research Focus of Pharmacy Practice Faculty, which is available on the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy website and will be part of the November 2023 issue of the journal. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me.